0: welcome to the geeky podcast where we're both here
1: i'm back
0: you're back yeah i'm voided i'm here with him he's beige. um i did that intro wrong <laughs> this is him. how long we've been away i did the <laughs> intro wrong that's bad of me today we're talking about like everything and nothing in particular we have a lot to catch up on i feel like it's been yeah. a few weeks since we recorded
1: yeah it really has we were double recorded uh like three weeks ago i think and then last week i had family emergency stuff that came up so we just i'm so excited to be able to get back and talk about video games for a while yes yes me too um
0: I'm going to get a couple things out of the way and then throw it over to you because I really want to hear about your runs. But we both have like a couple bigger chunks of Geekery, and I have some little stuff that I can just fly through. So I finished my MCU rewatch, and I ended up talking about the rest of it on a different podcast. So... I don't know if you guys know, but Rob's podcast is coming to an end. He announced that episode 100 is going to be the end of the comic box. He needs a break and he deserves one mm. at this point. Um but we've been floating this idea for a really long time of doing like a weekly geekery podcast that's not actually every week, so maybe we should call it something different, but just <laughs> like random people from the network show up, Rob would host and it would be extremely lightly edited, if edited at all, just a little bit of like fixing volume levels and like, you know, making the audio a little bit better in post and then putting it out there. So it's more of like a panel discussion with less structure to it and Rob asked if we would do the pilot to help send him off so episode or issue he always calls his episodes issue um I think issue 97 of the comic box, which just came out this week, is the pilot episode for that podcast. So I'm on it. Rob's on it. Katie from Tea Time's on it. And Joe from the geek
1: Tude podcast is on it. So that was really fun. Did you even know that we were doing that? I had no idea until it was done. That was something I've been so disconnected from pretty much everything that whenever I came back, I texted you or something You're like, oh, and by the way, I recorded this new podcast with everybody last night. I was like, what? so huh yeah and so the idea is that it can kind of be
0: whoever's available from the network and maybe every couple weeks probably not every week so it can be more casual but then we can kind of mix and match hosts and co-hosts and um kind of our extended network too, you know, people that we have on as guests sometimes, maybe we can just pull them into it. Like there's a lot of people to draw on. So we'll see right. how that goes. But the the pilot is out there. You can listen to. We basically talk a bunch about the MCU and then we jumped over and we got into Infinity War spoilers, which I kind of said my piece about that last week, but it was yeah. nice to talk about it in a group setting. Um so yeah, that's out there. Go grab it if you haven't already. And then I played like I said, I played a lot of games since we talked last, but a couple yeah. that I can fly through. I played Blossom Tales, which is like, yeah, it's like a Zelda like you and I were just talking about mm-hmm. this. It's very much like a 2D top down Zelda game. And if you're yeah. in the mood for that, it's good. I don't know if I was in the right mood when I sat down to play it,
1: so I don't know if I'm going to keep playing it. I think I played like half of it in one sitting, though, so maybe I will. I think you said you got, what, two dungeons in or through two dungeons? Well, yeah, so one of the things with it is that it's the dungeons are really long. Like in a okay. Zelda
0: game, you know how you might have like three dungeons, and then there's like a big story beat, and then there's like seven dungeons, and then the yeah. end game? That's pretty typical for Zelda. This straight up has four dungeons and yeah the first one isn't really much of a dungeon not really um Aww. maybe there's five there's not a whole lot in the game but one of them is like kind of the intro level like here's how you play which the game which makes sense yeah and then there's like three or four real ones so i played through two of the long ones plus the intro so it was it was good but i'm not in the right mood for it but if you do yeah. really like you know um the 2d zelda games go give that one a shot it's only like I don't know. It's like 10, maybe 14. I think it's
1: 15. Yeah, 15. I think it's 14.99 on okay. Steam or not Steam but on Switch. Maybe it's on Steam too. Yeah, it's but, on Switch. Uh, I, I w- I've been looking at this one and I'm kind of in the same boat that you are as my, I mean and I'm I kind of lump Zelda-like uh, action RPGs like that in with JRPGs just in my mind and it's not the kind of game I've been wanting to play though. That I keep seeing it and I always look at it. I'm like, "Man, this game looks awesome." don't want to play zelda right now and i always go on but one day i'm going to be in that mood and i know that blossom tales based on what jay and other people have said about it are are, is going to make me really happy yeah yep. one day so not it's, right uh, now yeah <laughs> no exactly I'm gonna leave it on my switch because
0: like I'll be in the right mood at some point I just wasn't when I sat down with it and I still beat half yep. the game because it was good so I I don't know what that says about it I tried this game on my phone called and you know I'm always trying stuff on my phone and just deleting it pretty quick but there's a game I right. played for a few days in a row called Nexomon and it is a blatant mm. Pokemon ripoff and it made me realize that if they would just make a real Pokemon game on mobile they would kill it like there are ways to do it and add some like you know i I don't want it to be a gotcha game, but they could add yeah. a little bit of monetization to it as optional stuff and then make all of the normal Pokemon things like a full story and battling and trading and like all the things you expect from the handheld Pokemon games. It would be amazing, and this game I deleted it because it's not Pokemon, but it's so close to Pokemon that if you want to know what that game would feel like on your phone try Nexomon just for a day or two and it'll be like oh why hasn't the Pokemon company done this yet it's just I don't know it was kind of sad for me to see how how nicely it moved over to the platform
1: wow I'm actually gonna look it up as we go because I haven't heard of this one and that's not the kind of game I I mean I want to play that on on my phone like I want to play new Pokemon games I love them but it's not the kind of thing that I'm in the mood for on my phone but just looking at it here it looks exactly like Pokemon Yeah, it, like, is. it is. there is no way that they, they're they not even pulling any punches it's just like yep that is exactly what they're making yeah that's what it is it's a Pokemon ripoff no question about it Um, nope. and then the other one that
0: was really quick I could talk about here is Yakuza 6 because yeah. I thought I was going to like it I really liked it after the demo and I know I talked about being excited for yeah. it but once I got into it like it It still had that crazy soap opera type story that I liked, but I thought it was going to open up into a more of an open world and it never really did. But then reading other people's reviews and listening to other people talk about it, I wonder if I was kind of playing the game wrong. Like I feel like I was going down the crit path, but unintentionally, like usually when I do that, I'm doing it on purpose. I just never knew when I should break away from that to actually go explore the world and do the open world activities because it's a game where like everything feels so time critical and like, oh, I have to do the next thing. Like it's important to the story. There was never (laughs) any time for it to breathe and just explore. Do you know what I mean?
1: I do. I know exactly what you mean. I was playing. It happened to me in a in a game earlier this week in Xenoblade Chronicles Two, where it was. I felt so intense. I there was something I needed to do that was way across the world, but there was this really intense battle scene going on, and I was like, I felt this adrenaline that I needed to push into the next beat, and I was like. I'm not actually on a timer, despite them saying I, that I am. It's like, I need to go upgrade and do all of this stuff first before I move any further. But it was that feeling of, oh my goodness, there's this urgency there that, that yes. I hit, where I didn't want to go away, even though I knew that I could, but I felt like I shouldn't. That's
0: how I felt the entire time. And I played probably like 15 hours of this game. Like, I played a bunch of it. Um, I didn't give up on it early. And that's after playing, I don't know, maybe four hours of the demo. So I probably put like 20 hours into Yakuza 6. I think I got decently far. I, I I looked it up and I was maybe halfway through the story. But yeah, I just I wanted it to hook me more than I did. So I'm kind of disappointed that I didn't latch onto it the way I was hoping I did. But I mean, I guess I have more Yakuza experience now, which is a plus because it's kind of like a cult hit these days. And now I have a better context for what people are talking about. So I'll take that away from
1: it and be happy with my time. And as much as you like the soap opera part of it and, you know, you got about halfway through it. Are you planning on going back and finishing out at least the critical path to get through the story and hit the credits, even if you don't go do any of the open world stuff since you liked it so much? I don't know. There I couldn't find the right balance of like playing
0: around and like doing the story and the story is so cutscene heavy and I I think that was part of it too I thought that the demo I had played was like there was a lot of setup so there was a lot of cutscenes and then it would open up into the world and then cutscenes would become more sporadic or at least shorter and they didn't like there are you know 10 15 20 minute cutscenes that happen regularly where you don't do anything except watch yeah so Something about the balance of the game didn't really click with me in the way that I was hoping Mm. either.
1: And I understand that I've been playing Xeno games, so I completely understand the 15 minute cutscenes. at least uh, every little bit that where it just kind of breaks everything up. So I can't even I can't say anything at all on you on that one. Yeah, Yep. I know. So anyway, those are like the quick ones I can get out of the way. I want to hear about
0: your runs, though, and then we can get back to like you and I both have a bunch of other games to talk about.
1: Yeah, so so these runs were awesome that a couple of weeks ago I went, for those of you who weren't listening or paid attention or cared, uh, I went a few weeks ago to Walt Disney World in Florida and did their Run Disney Star Wars Half Marathon weekend. So over the weekend, I ran uh, the 5K on Friday, the 10K on Saturday, and then the Half Marathon on Sunday. And I'd also done the virtual Half Marathon before that to get another couple of medals. So by the end of it all, I finished all of this and it was super fantastic and fun. I ended up with six medals and four t-shirts, four race shirts. And I was so excited. I now have these really cool Uh, star wars running shirts that are made out of tech material like i'm really excited about them and the champion brand and that's what i've been wearing lately uh from the it's target brand uh stuff that's the one that's target carry so it's like these are exactly what i've been wearing it was just perfect for me and the medals are really cool i can't wait to get them hung up but the runs themselves there were so many people there void i don't I don't know if you've ever seen like photos of of these races or anything at all of the, the lines and masses of people but they said for the 10k alone there were 17,000 people running it wow and I'm not sure about the 5k or the half because I think that the 10k may have been the lower Race because it's not as accessible as the 5K is, and people don't necessarily do it if they're coming just for the half marathon. So it's that may have been the low number. I think I saw that there were forty three thousand people there total for the races. It's just it's an absurd number of people. The parks were were absolutely crazy, and it was it was my first experience doing any any kind of race of, of anywhere near this size. That the stuff I had done before was local races where you may have a couple of thousand people running and or a couple of some of them a couple of dozen where this is just massive on a scale i'd never seen before and so the logistics of getting there was crazy so we stayed on on site we stayed on disney because they offer transportation to and from the resorts to the start line and from the finish line so I took the buses, but I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning, which is Eastern time. So, uh, my body hadn't adjusted to it yet. So that's one o'clock hour time uh, here in central. So I had to wake up at 2 AM. I had to get on the bus at around three or three fifteen AM, um, so i was there and i had a starbucks uh frappuccino in a bottle for my caffeine that i just bought and uh a lenny and larry protein cookie for breakfast beforehand uh sat on the bus and by 3 3 then they bus you over and you get to the race you get to the the lot wherever you are and they have the pre-race stuff going sometime around three forty five to 4 o'clock in the morning and they have a dj going on and there are all sorts of character stops there where there was at this one it was the dark side so there was boba fett kylo ren jabba the hut and uh darth vader uh captain phasma and then they had bb-8 because you can't resist having bb-8 there and as, as they put it and for some reason bb-8 <laughs> and so that's actually what the announcer said it was really funny whenever he said that but I liked your you Boba would...
0: Fett story. I can't remember if you posted that for everyone or if I just got a text.
1: Oh, I love. Oh, OK. So so that's one of the things I was about to go into, because you have to wait in line for this stuff. Like there's usually a 20 to 45 minute wait for any of these character stuff, but it's four o'clock in the morning and the races don't start until 530. So you are you have plenty of time to get a few of these in. So I'm waiting in line. And the, uh, this is before the 10K uh, because Jennifer was with me during the 5K. And we were talking and hanging out and getting pictures with Captain Phasma at the 5K and, and BB 8. But before both, I'm there alone. And. So I'm, I just get in line. I see Boba Fett has a line, and I didn't even notice him the day before. So I'm like, "Yeah, I'm gonna get my picture taken with Boba Fett." So I go over and I stand in line for a while. It takes about 30 minutes, which is fine. It's early, and I'm just kind of kind of chilling. And I decide, you know, Chewbacca the day before was on the course for the 5K, and we stopped and waited. And when I came up to Chewbacca, he just gave me a hug, like one of those bro hugs where the dude comes around, like you they you clasp hands, you you kind of bump chest and pat each other's back you know that's that's what Chewbacca did to me and so I'm just like I'm I'm just just tickled pink and so I go and I'm like I'm gonna hug Boba Fett I'm like I get up here it's like this is Disney I'm gonna hug all of this so they 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 take your camera phone they take your phone and they will take pictures with your your own camera so you don't even have to buy the pictures that they do if you don't want to so I handed my phone I just ran up with my arms out trying to hug Boba Fett and he just stepped back and pointed at me went no. And it was so fun. It was so wonderful because there is a picture of me, and I don't know if I sent you this one, a picture of me just standing there, tickled out of my mind, with Boba Fett pointing at me, stepping back away from me. I think I saw that, that one, it, yeah. It, it just makes me so happy because they even have the voice changer because when he talks, it's uh it, it is uh his voice. It's uh the the Boba Fett voice it goes, No. And it just made me so happy, but you can't hug Boba Fett and that made me kinda sad. Aww. Uh but there are there are characters all over the courses, and the five k was fun because there are kids doing it with their parents, like small kids around six years old or wow. younger sometimes, and they're out there and they're walking it. Of course, I mean they're just doing it with their folks, and they'll you know how little kids can run forever anyway without thinking about it, and they so they were out here doing this and they wanted their pictures with all these characters, but. They didn't like the two a.m. wake up time anywhere near. You know they 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 didn't like any more than I did, and they were cranky and hilarious. And my wife and I were just laughing at some of these kids in line. Where and some of the parents too, because some of these parents are the most patient, wonderful people I've ever seen. It's like they were so go with the flow. And it's like one little boy wanted to go to Hollywood Studios and see more Star Wars stuff, but that was the day they were planning on going to Magic Kingdom, and he. He was just like he didn't even throw a fit he was like but i wanted to go back to hollywood studios oh <laughs> and she was like and his mom was just like well if that's what you want to do would you guys rather go there than the magic kingdom on sunday and they're like yeah and she's like okay that's what we'll do then and it's just like and this is at like Six thirty in the morning after you've been up for like four hours and this kid is having a rational conversation as rational as you know a six-year-old can have right uh, it, it, about changing their plans and the mom's just going with it and i'm like i couldn't do that like I'm not I'm not capable of being that go with the flow when I'm uh, that that sleep deprived and it was just it's so much fun doing this because even on the half marathon track like they have stuff every every little bit they have something for you to do to keep your attention and whether it's a it might be uh, the emperor's chair or another character another character stop or they have screens playing the movies as you run past and as I got to the one playing uh Return of the Jedi, I got to it just as I could get into earshot and see Admiral Ackbar go, it's a trap! And it just made me happy that it was just perfectly lined up with me running past that part. It was great. And so... Uh, when it was dark there were there were woods on both sides that like there was just a we were on a back road behind disney world and it was just trees on both sides just forests like it like is everywhere in the south it could have been in my back it could have been like two streets over from me here in alabama and we were just running along and i saw these flashes of light up ahead and i started hearing x-wing and tie fighter uh guns going off and i would hear the zooms and everything and then as i got closer i saw that they were having lights and uh kind of like they it was like shadows and lights moving along like you could see how they were moving strobes to make it look like x-wings and tie fighters were shooting back and forth across the way and having this battle across the road uh, while you were running across and it was super cool and i'm running and all of a sudden to my right an explosion happened like actual explosion with fire and heat and i just hear this boom and look over and there's just a plume of fire going up as i crossed this area and it, it was really really cool and you heard a a fighter crash at the same time and it was just this is the kind of thing i didn't expect i didn't expect just something like that i expected people standing out with r2 and you know sabine and people like that to get pictures with i didn't expect to have a tie fighter blow up beside me dude that's sweet that's awesome it, it was so awesome and i'm sitting here and i'm just i'm just giddy from all of this and it's the first time i've ever run any races with or really any runs without any music or sound at all like i brought my headphones on the 10k and never turned them on. I kept them in my pocket during the half that I ran 5k, 10k and a half marathon with no external sound. uh, And I just did it by paying attention to everything that was around me and uh, really zoning in, honing in on what was the experience that I was having. And I've never been able to do that with a run before. And I don't think I would be able to do it unless it was a run that was so packed like this. There were always people and something to look at. So I can see how people do that on marathons, but but I couldn't do it for most shorter runs. Uh, if it wasn't for Star Wars or having this many people around. It was just super cool and then we went to all the parks during the days so I did the three races at 2am uh, every day or got up at 2am then went to the, to the theme parks after that with Jennifer and Adam so I and I would get back home at like 9 to 10 ish so I got like 3 hours of uh, like maybe 3 or 4 hours of sleep a night depending on how quickly I could go to sleep and it was it was weird going on what may have been about a normal night's sleep for three or four days across the that entire time but it was so fun and i i I was exhausted but it was like we went we did all four parks sometimes we even went back and forth between parks but it never felt like i was going to injure myself it was the first time I've been at a theme park at Disney specifically since I lost 150 pounds that the last time I was there was in 2010 and all I remember is this misery of just like chafing and blistering on my feet and uh, chafing between my legs just everything from where I was so fat and this time it wasn't that it was like I had chafing and blistering, but it was like, I paid for it this time. It was like, I knew I was getting into it and it was the good kind of chafing and, uh, and blistering. And it was, it was, it was just so cool being able to really experience a park, honestly, like a normal human being, because I've, even when I went before, like I never got to do everything I wanted to do because I was always like having to sit down every few minutes to get off of my feet. And, being able to run through them see the stuff in the back uh, realize how bad their reclamation plant smells and see all of the the greenhouses where they keep all of the plants that they have to replace all the time they're huge you just get to see stuff like that in the back and it's it's just super fun that it was well worth the money. It cost a lot to do. It cost more than I anticipated in ter- because the race registration is separate from the park tickets, which apparently you don't have to do, but we were there so we did anyway. But the it's worth the money to have that experience. I don't understand how people can afford to do it all the time because there are some people who are like super intense about it and they have run Disney tattoos that we saw all over during the expo and we went around. People were crazy intense about it, but it, but I don't understand because it's so expensive. But it was super fun, so I, I'm going to end up doing it again at some point, but probably not for a while. But it was it was worth every bit of it. It really was amazingly cool to see all of the stuff and uh, they had the Star Wars characters all throughout the parks and everything of course especially Hollywood Studios and they already have the Last Jedi stuff in Star Tours that they've updated the Star Tours ride it's one of those motion rides and it has stuff from The Last Jedi in it where you fly over Crait and it is really awesome I'm glad that
0: the the whole trip worked out because I know that you were looking forward to it and you weren't you didn't know exactly what it would be but it sounds like it was a really good time
1: it was it was an absolutely wonderful time and my friend adam doesn't like people driving his car so and he drove down there and we were taking his car because mine messes up so on top of having a really good time I got to ride to from uh, from North Alabama to Orlando, which is about a 10 and a half to 12 hour drive depending on how much you stop. Uh, he drove the entire way both ways. So I just got to sit in the back and play video games the entire way down there. Like I had mentioned that I was gonna get to do most of it like that's all I did. the entire way down there and back I sat in the back seat, played played on my Vita and switch and it was fantastic.
0: Yeah, I mean, you've been doing a ton of JRPGs, which we should get into here in a second. So but like, much. I mean, you did so much that you... You actually inspired me to start up Gamefly (laughs) again, which probably, I mean, we could take a quick break. The Geeky Offer of the Week, you can go to Gamefly.com slash geek and get a free one-month trial, I think is what we have set up.
1: Gameflyoffer.com slash geek. Yeah, Gameflyoffer.com
0: slash geek. And I reactivated my membership because after talking to you for the last few weeks about how many JRPGs you've been playing, (laughs) there was a bunch that I wanted to try but not buy necessarily, but like it's infectious because you're so excited about it. And then like the... um the four job fiesta for final fantasy five is coming up because it's in june and just like hearing you talk so much about jrpgs i went and i got my save file all prepped for it which oh man i forgot to do last year well i i did last year but you can basically play up to the first um shrine like the wind shrine and you can like level up oh, okay. and do a little bit of grinding there's it's not that long it's like a half an hour worth of content but still yeah i did it and then i made a save file that's like okay this is ready to go for the four job fiesta and i'm just yep. like psyched about it just because i was talking to you about jrpg stuff so much yeah but so anyway yes i restarted gamefly to hopefully grab a bunch of jrpgs and then a couple other things to catch up on and i guess if we're taking a quick break um the network go listen to everything on the network geek to two this week. I know they have part two of their discussion about infinity war and they talk about like phase four of the MCU, which is fun speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, tea time, with Katie and Chelsea, they talked about fan fiction again. They did a fan fiction part two and then the comic box, which I'm on, which isn't really the comic box. I already talked about that, the pilot episode, <laughs> but Um, for the comic box episode 100 the last episode rob is gonna just do a total q a episode so if you have any questions for him at all or you need comic advice or you want really anything i think anything i think he's basically gonna just take every question and give everything an answer (laughs) because then he gets a giant break afterwards yeah send those his way but yes okay i need to hear about Xenoblade Chronicles 2 especially because I know that's the one that you were like super pumped about.
1: Okay so I avoided Xenoblade Chronicles 2 for two reasons whenever it first came out like I watched the trailers and Austin got me kind of excited about it whenever it was first coming out because the trailers looked really cool but I didn't remember back last year I think maybe it was two years ago whenever I got Xenoblade Chronicles 1 and bounced off of it after seven hours that I just couldn't invest the amount of time Minute that I would have to take because these are around sixty to ninety hour games generally. Yeah, well, and... we were just talking about this because like you didn't like it, and I think I rented it and I didn't
0: like it. But then, right, you played Xenoblade Two, and then you came back and you just bought Xenoblade One and a new two DS to go with it, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yes, I did.
0: So, uh, sorry, I, I know I'm just kind of jumping around to what you did, but no, I, I no, know yeah. you picked those up because you had such a good time with two, which is interesting that you came back around to it.
1: Yeah. And part of it is because two is so good. Two, from the very beginning, really starts out just wonderfully well It it's pretty it's it is well written the voice acting works well and it was like austin had told me the characters are really interesting that they do something where it's not even it's hard to describe where he said that they're his favorite characters outside of final fantasy 9 and i can understand that i don't think they're that awesome because i mean Vivi but at the same time Rex and Pyra are really really good characters the villains leave something to, to want I think but overall the story itself fell in almost immediately with my kind of take on science fantasy where it it goes in and it delves into theological stuff uh, which has always been a thing of the Xeno games from Xeno Gears onward that they're, they're dealing with what it means to be human and per personality and honestly uh, where do we come from and why are we here and that's what i love the most about the the xeno games and what i loved about xeno gears and then the like half of xeno saga that i played that that it was they're great for that that story so it hit me with that early on like you get into the meat of this story early and then it just expands from there it's really epic and the only problem that I had early on with it was that Xenoblade or Gears. I loved these giant robots the gears that was one of those things I don't as much of a not anime fan as I am like I, I grew up watching Gundam I, I in high school and, and younger than that and then through college like Gundam Wing and all of the different Gundams I love big robots because I love big monster movies and things like that and they kind of go hand in hand in my mind and I finally there are big robots in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. They're they're in the later part of the game, but it made me really happy to finally get into more of the sci-fi part of it. But I beat this game already. That that I started it the Tuesday I came back. Austin let me borrow it. I started it on the drive home on April 24th and I finished it around 3 days ago and I'd put in 66 hours and 47 minutes to beat it. Um and Austin and 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 Jay had said they went into the 90s, so I beat it a lot faster than uh, some people did. But I didn't do a whole lot of side quests. There are a ton of side quests, and you co- there's a big collection system in it. How much about the system uh, and game itself do you know about two? Um, I know. A little bit about, like, the blade system, which I see was
0: also an issue that you brought up with it. Um, I think I remember hearing a lot about that from reviews. And then it sounded like the rest of it is very similar to one, which I had bounced off of because, like, the battle system did not teach you it well. And it just wasn't interesting (laughs) at the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's not. Yeah. It's it's still not. Uh, But the blade system is neat. I like it how like you have 3 people in your party but you each have 2 companions that are 3 companions, excuse me. 3 people in your party and you also like each weapons, have 3 but companions, Pokemon, right? Basically that like are, you collection, you collect them and use them or like release them or something. Yep, you collect them from crystals you op- basically open open up uh, random boxes and blind boxes to see which weapon and blade you get out of it and every one of the blades is a particular kind of character or monster or or quirky companion uh, with their own personality and side quests and then you can equip them and you get a, each of them have a specific kind of weapon that goes along with them some of them throw it's called a bit ball which is basically like a soccer ball that they that they're kicking at it uh, kicking at the enemy or uh, chrome katanas or you know swords swords great axes stuff like that and they're they're each specifically tied to as a tank a healer or an attack uh blade and so you can really make any character anything you want even if you just attach blades to them of those specific classes and you can mix and match them like two tanks and a healer would make you would give you different bonuses than three attack blades uh, because that actually that's how you define your class in the game so there's a mini job system in there but the problem is that it's all rng so you can go entire playthroughs without getting any of the blades that you want and uh, that's kind of what happened to me i got most of the ones that i really wanted but the but the optional ones that I really wanted to play with that I thought would be cool that I'd looked up I'd never got and uh so I was a little irritated at that because they weren't there was one of them Cosmos from Xenogear or Xenosaga is like the rarest of all of them the main one of the main characters in Xenosaga is one of the blades and it's super rare that that a lot of people don't get her. So I didn't feel like I knew I wasn't going to get her, but there was a couple others like Zenobia that I wanted. But there's there's a new game plus mode they added in, which lets you keep all the blades that you had, typical new game plus stuff. And then there's new DLC coming out by the end of the year. So I'll grab that, do a new game plus, invest another 70 hours in it, and hopefully fill out some of the rest of my... Rest of my blades. And then there's also a lot of end game stuff with super bosses that are basically tiered up that you can go continue to level up and fight all the way up to, I want to say level 130, when I think your character can only get to 95, maybe? I can't remember. It's just, but- it's crazy how much the game grabbed you because like it's been a yeah. while since you
0: finished a game much less like a long <laughs> game and yeah. you played like almost 70 hours of it and now you're going back to xenoblade chronicles one so i'm glad that you found yes. something to like latch on to just because like uh you've needed it i think
1: yeah and and Xenoblade 1, it's, it's a really good game. I have no idea what was wrong with me initially. Well, I have kind of an idea what was wrong with me initially, is that when I went in and knew that it was a real-time battle system, I was expecting something like Kingdom Hearts or Zelda or something along those lines, and it's not. It's an almost turn-based kind of... You, well you know the battle system I where do, yeah. you're No it's like it's kinda turn based, up. but it's yeah it's also real
0: time like and you queue, yeah yeah I know what you're yeah, talking about Yeah they
1: are auto attacks and you have to queue up attacks you can queue two at a time really quickly and it's you cycle between like them it's almost like hot bar combat from an MMO not quite but almost. like kind of a little bit in that vein Kind of and they make it much better in two, and that's the reason okay. I was able to go back to one. See, this is, is why I want to go and try very- two. This is why I got
0: GameFly. Like I want, I want to try two because like I bounced off of one so hard that
1: I don't know. But yeah. you're just like gushing over it, so I gotta, I gotta okay. get back to it. So there are so many tutorials in Xenoblade Two that you will be that they up until the final boss. I swear to you, at the final boss, they introduce a new battle mechanic. Uh, for for you to use if you want to and on the last boss there's a new tutorial and uh, like a to, uh, tool tip tutorial thing and they constantly keep slowly adding things to the battle system for you and it takes it honestly took me i think around 17 to 20 hours to really get the battle system into and once because i got it and it was it was easy enough to get because it works better than the first one because it's almost like instead of the hot bar you have the trigger where you hold r2 and then that opens up the different attacks you have and it's a lot of timing between auto attacks where it's a lot different different but it uses that same uh, that same base of you do this between your auto attacks but it works much cleaner and they explain it much better and now there are ways to kind of it's like chrono cross in making sure that your elements line up that if you do certain elements in certain orders then you get uh, super powerful combos that give you extra experience and loot and things like that so like they and they explain all of this really really well too. and I learned how to do it and then So I went back to 1 and realized that they had taught me how to play Xenoblade 1 by giving me a better improved system in 2. So it didn't take me nearly as long to catch up in 1. And I started, when I got to combat, I was like oh, I see what they did better here, but now I understand why I hated this, and so I'm able to get in, I'm about 17 hours into Xenoblade 1 right now, and it finally stopped being so dreary about four hours ago, where it was also a very drab game at first, where Xenoblade 2 starts out mega colorful, and Xenoblade one finally got into the stuff that I care about. I got into the really sci fi stuff that feels like a Xeno game. And I'm about fifteen to seventeen ish hours in when it did that. So um wow. and also there is a tie between them. At the end of Xenoblade Chronicles two, you find out how it connects to Xenoblade One. Uh and I'd figured this out like when it did it and then I went and read about it. I was like, Oh yeah, that that is obviously what he was talking about so it was uh but there's a a small tie that that shows that these games are going on concurrently uh in alternate worlds well and now you also have like a whole queue of jrpgs i'm looking at it right here
0: i I don't know if you want to dive into anything just for time we can always save some of it for next week but like you're obviously in jrpg mode and enjoying it which i love i I just i like that you are enjoying games and you've kind of like found what you're in the mood for right now
1: Yeah, and like you said, I usually don't go in for this many hours, but part of it is that I have so much stuff going on in my personal life that I am honestly diving into RPGs just as a way to deal with stuff that's that that's happening so being able to immerse myself in these really intense narratives that i are take interaction let me not be idle like when i'm watching tv so i'm i'm totally really really loving that part of this yeah well and you
0: i mean it's not only jrpgs you've been playing well wait was it you or was it only jennifer that's been playing donkey kong tropical freeze? she's only
1: i've been watching her play tropical freeze um okay. i i haven't played this one yet well i've played it and, and beat one of the bosses uh that she hated it wasn't it wasn't that she didn't uh she couldn't beat it it was she hated that boss and was just like here get me through this i'm n- i don't want to play it i was like okay and uh i hate it too it's the bird boss in world 2 just not fun to play i hate that boss um but yeah she we were talking I was like 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 uh she was like you can talk to me about xenoblade all you want uh she told me this today and she was like we can talk about donkey kong but i don't know what i would say it's fun and it's pretty and i don't like the ground that bounces with you and uh but that's pretty much like she loves it she is she likes being able to go through as funky uh to be able to collect all the stuff dude funky mode is fun uh, i've been playing with my kids which is why it is yeah yeah and donkey mode is fun i love the original one on wii u and so did she but funky mode just being able to not have to collect all of the all the kong words and puzzle pieces in one go makes such a difference in terms of enjoyment it's kind of like you and i were talking about a long time ago putting it on easy mode uh when it stops being fun that's kind of the way that funky mode is for us it's just like i don't care about getting all of these in one i just want to be able to get it and see this stuff and so she's been having a blast going and collecting all the Kong letters and all the puzzle pieces and stuff. Yeah, I think I realized in just
0: playing with my kids and well I like I started up a, a Donkey Kong save file and then I started up a funky mode uh save file mm. with my kids. And in playing both of them, I think I realized that i don't like the pacing of the levels in donkey kong they're like slightly hmm. too long but they also have way too many diversions of like here's a letter here's a puzzle piece here's like a banana puzzle to solve um yeah my favorite levels have been the ones where you can't stop so like minecart cart uh, levels for the most part um there's a lot of yeah. level that's the same way too but <laughs> so Was well, yeah it sawmill like oh. sawmill something something yeah but like those have been my favorite because it's a really good platformer that like has a good flow to it if you keep going forward but the game incentivizes you to constantly stop and think and go back and like oh is this a puzzle or should i collect these things yeah. and i actually think that kind of takes away from it because I have way more fun when I just push through and I'm trying to get myself in the right headspace um, for it because I was finding that like a level would take me a long time. And then when I finished like a Mario level, I can't wait to start the next one. When I was finishing a Donkey Kong level, I was like, Oh, do I really want to like invest in t- starting uh, the next level or should I, I'll just put it down for the night. And I did that a bunch of nights in a row. So once I got to play with my kids and we were playing with Funky Kong and then whoever else, um, cause you can pick, Yeah, It was fun to just like, not worry about it and just push through the levels so i don't know i, I guess i'm kind of having like a mixed time with it but yeah. it's also just like a really solidly designed platformer so if it you're is. after that it's it's a really good donkey kong platformer it's probably
1: one of the best donkey kong games that i've played when i popped it in when i popped it into the wii u uh however long ago it was i playing through the first couple of levels it felt the most like Donkey Kong Country on the Super Nintendo when I was a kid as any Donkey Kong game has since. That from Donkey Kong Country 2 on, this one kind of felt more like had that had that feeling that you got from Donkey Kong Country. And it's just like you said, it's a good platformer. That that yeah, the the levels are long and the bosses are way too long. They each have so many different phases that that it's just absurd. But it's 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 fun. Yeah, and I mean, it, I think that I might just stop my single player playthrough
0: and only play yeah. with my kids because when they're playing, it's more about like, can we even beat the level together? And when I'm playing, mm. I'm like, oh, I got to get that thing and I got to get the other thing. It's probably just a mental hang up and I can't quite turn it off. So yeah, maybe I just put that run aside and I only play when they want to play. I think I'll have a better time with it if I do that.
1: And Jennifer's favorite levels are the same ones as you as yours. The minecart levels where it's constantly moving those are the ones that she loves the most she thinks they're fun and they're beautiful that this game is even prettier on the switch than it was on the wii u that i know i'd read that they've got uh, 60, 60 frames per second on when it's docked and uh, the colors are just incredibly vibrant this game this game is pretty yeah well and like donkey kong is not the only game that you or your wife and i have both been
0: playing But we both tried Hogwarts Mystery, right? Because you said you haven't Mm. played, but you saw her playing?
1: I didn't, yeah. I watched her play a little bit, and she had downloaded it. And uh, I never did, and I don't think I'm gonna. Don't. No, it's so... it starts decent enough it's just
0: like uh it's not a visual novel but it's a story right like you're trying to tell a story there's not a lot of gameplay to it which is fine um there's a couple like gestures and like mini games for spells and stuff but the i was giving like the gameplay and the story a chance to kick in and then very quickly you hit this part with devil snare which i don't know if you were on the internet much for a day or two after this came out but it was i saw it all over twitter it basically like the devil snare grabs you and then you have to use literally all of your energy to like progress past it, but even using oh. all of your energy isn't enough. So, this is the main part that's wrong with the game. In other games, even if there's an energy mechanic, um, if you need like, let's say, 100 energy, just to make the math good, right? And right. your maximum energy in the game is like 50, you could put 50 in, you could walk away for a day or two days or a month and come back when your energy is recharged, put the other 50 energy in, and then move past that thing, right? Yeah. In this game, you have that but you're time restricted so it'll be oh. you have to spend 100 energy on this thing you only have three hours to do it so you have to go in put 50 energy into it walk away and make sure you come back before that three hours is up but you have to wait long enough that your energy has recharged so that you can get past the obstacle wow. that is why this game is broken <laughs> like that, that's i mean dumb. when i I eventually hit one. I didn't even pass the first year. I think there's like six or seven like uh, Hogwarts years worth of content somewhere in the first year. One of those things that I had to get past, it was way beyond the devil's Snare. I actually played like a decent chunk of year one. And there was something where I dumped all my energy into it. And then I had to remember to come back within three hours. And I forgot like four times in a row. And that's when I uninstalled the game. I was like, this is
1: so dumb. It's just and, yeah, I don't know, but I mean, and you only get like the two tries like you can only yeah. do that once. It's bad, but it, and it's like, oh, God,
0: the, the story they're trying to tell and the gameplay that's in it does not match the monetization structure that they have. Like there's a way to structure this game in a friendly way that makes it approachable for the story right. and they haven't done that. So I mentioned this to that's, say you should probably steer clear of it even if you're like a super Harry Potter fan.
1: Has Rob played this one because he's a super Harry Potter fan and yeah. I haven't really I haven't seen or anything that he's pl- he said about it cuz I've been like I said disconnected for a while. So how I know, does he feel about it? He's still picking away at it, but I think he's feeling some of the same pain points. Not as much. I mean, he's pushing
0: through it because he's more of a fan than I am, but Uh, I heard some of the same complaints from him. But I mean, the main thing that I was playing since we last talked was God of War, which I texted you about-
1: a bunch um and i'm glad like, i've been excited to hear what you because you've been looking forward to god of war for a long time and until you told me just recently it may have even been in the the next to last episode last or next to last episode that we recorded that it was not a remaster but a new game that that i'm i'm so excited to hear about this
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, it's God of War. Like, they started over the title with, you know, just God of War with no number, but it's a continuation from the first three games. And my history with God of War, really quick, is like, the first game was amazing and was, like, mind-blowing. The second game was, like, the game of a generation, maybe, at the time. I mean, I was a teenage boy, and it was, like, angry, rage, kill, all the things. Which, and, like, really good <laughs> graphics, too. Like, PS2, like, that game was pushing the PS2's graphics capabilities. Yep. Those things together, like, I, I loved that game at the time. But then by the time God of War 3 came out... I was over my teenage angsty phase and it just didn't do anything for me. I did not like I tried that game and I stopped within the first hour, I think, because Kratos was so one note. He was just about anger and rage and vengeance. Basically, this is the same Kratos, but aged way up and he's a god like he becomes a god in the very first game or something when he kills Ares, the god of war, hence the name um, I don't know if you've ever played these, have you?
1: I oh, I was a little past the angry, angsty teenage phase. I was within my first year or two of college when this came out. So I just missed that uh, that perfect time for this one but to really grab me. So I never really, I played the first one a little bit. I watched more of it and that's about my history with it. It's I know of it and I've seen it, but never got into it into it kind of like devil may cry it's something that was fun to watch for a little while but uh i kind of like okay this is what happens and moved on okay so it's the same kratos but he's
0: he's not like old old but he's older um you know whereas in the other ones he looked like he was probably in his i don't know late 20s like super fit prime of life type thing now he looks like he's somewhere in his like late 40s and he's a okay. god so uh, hundreds and hundreds of years could have passed they purposefully don't tell you how much time it's been but he has walked uh-huh. away from home he's walked away from greece and the fact that he killed the entire greek pantheon i don't know if you knew that happened it's not really a spoiler at this point for really old games yeah
1: you had told me about that that's yeah. That's so the, he walked away from
0: that just because, like, he grew up and he, like, didn't want to – or, you know, he kept maturing and he was just, like, had to get away from it. So it picks up with him way older and he has a son and he had a partner. I don't think they say that they were ever married, but – um the the woman that he had his son with is dead and that's kind of where the game starts with she oh, just recently man. died and it's about like um building her a funeral pyre, pyre is like the very first 5 minutes of the game and then the whole game is about like you and your son taking her ashes to the highest mountain in like all the realms like that's that's the basic premise of the game that gets set up right away and okay it's a really interesting look at a character maturing and he's not always good like he's not perfect at it he's not really a good dad in a lot of ways whereas he gets better over the course of the story when he spends time with his kid and okay some of it too is interesting where like the son gets kind of ragey at times and he's like tries to pull him back he's like no 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 like like i've learned from this like you don't need to go down that path that's the story perspective and it it worked for me like the the whole datification of games that we're seeing recently like People who have been in the games industry for 10, 20 yeah. years now who have kids and now they're trying to make stories about parents, right? Mostly dads because it's a mostly male dominated industry, which I would love to see more diversity there with like adopted kids and like momification of games and whatever. But for right now we have dadification of games and I think that's fine. Right. I really like this game. It's, it's not going to be my game of the year and I know it will be a lot of people's. I just, I'm not that big of a fan of third person action games. And I guess like the main. Maybe I should just hit a couple negatives really quick. The things that stuck out to me, like there are traversal puzzles that get kind of samey the more you get into the game. Like, oh, I've seen a variation of this puzzle 10 times now, 15 times now. Like, I understand I have to shoot the crystal with an arrow and it makes a light bridge. Like, whatever, let's move on. Right. And OK, there's also like <laughs> the, the third person action starts to feel samey, too, just because there's a lot of it. Right. There's like 40 hours of game here, which most third person action games are like eight hours maybe.
1: Yeah, Um, I was like 12 at the outside for some of the longer ones I've played, but there's 40 Yes, no, this is like
0: a 40 hour game. I spent 40 hours with it. I mean, I did some of the side stuff too. I bet if you
1: mainlined it on a casual run, it would be like 25 hours ish. Still, that's about double what I've ever played in a third person action game all the way through. Yeah, well,
0: speedrunners have already attacked it, and the fastest time is like eight hours, and that's with skipping everything possible and going as fast as you possibly can. So, if that tells you anything about the actual length of the game, (laughs) my goodness, yeah um so yeah i mean the the third person action there's there's not enough variety in the enemies you face and there's not enough variety in the bosses you face there's this one troll that the first time you encountered it's like oh my gosh like it's a it's a crazy set piece battle and then it's amazing how many times they reuse that asset and color it differently and it just doesn't have the same impact after a while outside of those few things i really really like the game um I'm mostly positive on the game. It's it's definitely going to make the cut for something to talk about at our mid-year review. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's in my top five games of the year at the end of the year. It's not going to be at the top. I can I can tell that. But again, it's because of where I'm coming at it from with a third person action game. There's super high production values in this game. Like, I haven't seen a game that looks this good on the PS4 ever. Like, this is... It's amazing. And there are no camera cuts in this game, which is something that... Yeah,
1: you are telling me about that. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, so it was something that they were talking up ahead of time, and I didn't know... I thought it would be interesting. I didn't know how well it would work. It works so well. You are always right there with Kratos, and Atreus, his son, too. But, I mean... The camera, sometimes it'll float away from Kratos to like see other NPCs or like go to Atreus or like whatever for, you know, cut scene for lack of a better term. But there's no cut. So there's it's not actually a cut scene. (laughs) It's just a scene that plays out and the camera kind of wanders over to other stuff. But the entire game, the camera never cuts away from you. And it's always kind of close behind over your shoulder. So it has this intimate feel that I I don't think I've ever had in a third-person action game of any kind before. Um, Hmm. There are moments, too, because there's no real fast travel in this game until you beat it. Um, There's hints at it, and you can see where the fast travel system is going to be, and it's like, when am I going to unlock this in the story? And not really, spoiler, but you don't get full access to it. You get like a limited access that's more story-based. You don't get full access until the end of the game. So there's never really any cut, which also means there's a lot of travel time, And they fill the travel time with interesting things. Sometimes it's just like a quiet moment and the camera will like zoom in on Kratos or like do a 360 spin around him. And there's just like a pause Mm. in a way that is really effective. But a lot of the time when you're traveling, especially when you're in the boat going from point A to point B, they're telling stories. And there's this really cool dichotomy going on between Kratos and Atreus because kratos is willfully kind of pulled away from the world after all of his experiences and atreus grew up here right so atreus learned all about norse mythology which i don't even know if i said up front but it's set in like norse mythology is basically the setting of the game yeah so atreus learned all about norse mythology from his mother and kratos never really picked any of it up so kratos starts to ask about like the other gods they run into and like the stories and like uh encounters they have or like set pieces he's like what's the deal with that and Travis is like oh well it's this thing from these people and this is what mom told me about it so it, it's like he can act as the audience surrogate in a very organic way because he never really paid attention
1: <laughs> and, that's awesome
0: yeah and there's other things too like kratos never learned to read the ruins of you know this norse land so every time there's something to read it's indecipherable to him but you can hit the button for atreus and he's like boy come read this and he has to read it to him (laughs) it but it it works it works surprisingly well and they have this um they have a an arc together from beginning to end that i i really liked and it, it worked really well on me again i'm a father so like i'm target demo here but between the story and the setting and the exploration, this game hooked me, and I didn't think I would ever be interested in exploration in a God of War action game. Like, yeah, it's th- not something that people generally say. No, not at all. But I mean, like, that's what I wa- that's what I took away from it at the end. Like, I was playing through the the action sequences because I had to to beat the game, but I beat the game for the world, the lore, the exploration, and the story, and I walked away from the end of the game just extremely happy with how it ended and the experience that I had had um you know it, you probably could have cut maybe five or ten hours out of the game and made it tighter but they didn't and I think it still works okay um I didn't even talk about the combat I mean the combat <laughs> is fun fo- like it's cool it's cool combat but that's not what I focus on just because that's not where I'm coming from I should say the axe is really fun you can throw it and call it back like near. I never say that word out loud. <laughs> meow, meow. Yeah, yeah. Thor's hammer. It's not Thor's hammer, but you can throw the axe and call it back like that, which is really cool. And then anytime you throw the axe, you can just start punching people. So there's a whole different like combo tree for melee mm. attacks without the axe. But I like the axe. I actually think I like the axe better than I ever liked the Blades of Chaos from the original games. So that's cool, too. Um, and then arrows. So Atreus shoots arrows and basically... Kratos has arrows by proxy because Atreus is always there. They did an NPC in a way that he's always there with you, but never in an annoying way. So anytime you hit square, he'll shoot arrows. So you basically <laughs> have complete control over when you're shooting arrows at stuff. But it, yeah, the I mean, it's solid. I think if you're a third-person action fan, you would really like this game. Again, it's just not, that's not what I geek out over. It's okay. I had fun with it for the first 10 hours, and then I did it for the other 30 hours because I wanted to find out the story. <laughs>
1: Because that's the kind of person that's, I am. Yeah. I mean, and that's that's good, though, that these kind of games are growing with the target demographic of the original, too. Yeah. That the first one hit you because it was exactly where you were in, in your life and your gaming life, and now where you are in, in both at this point is what those same developers have looked at and evolved the series into as well. So that's, that's fantastic. In my mind, it, it shows a real... Uh, I don't what's the word I'm looking for a real not dedication but just a real awareness of the people who play their game and and what kind of of game that they're actually making and story they're trying to tell yeah I mean I just
0: I don't know I I walked away feeling extremely impressed and like I was ready for another God of War if they want to continue the series I am bought back in in a way that I didn't think was ever going to be possible with this particular character so that's kind of amazing
1: in a way are you going to go back and play through any of the remastered original trilogy now i really want to go give three another shot because i never played it i don't expect that i'm going
0: to beat any of them because again it's just kind of like angsty ragey and that's not me i think it's every teenage Mm. boy to some extent for some period of time and it just happened to catch me at the right time with god of war one and two but i'm so far beyond that these
1: days (laughs) that i don't think i
0: could play one of those games
1: um is that going to be one of your Gamefly games, I guess?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll probably get the God of War 3 remastered from Gamefly and just see. I just want to see what's there. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I, I guess I played a couple other games, too. Did you have any other ones you wanted to dive into? I know you said you were trying Marvel Strike Force.
1: Well, yeah, so this Marvel Strike Force game, it's the only time I've downloaded a game on from watching a YouTube ad. That I actually clicked a YouTube ad whenever I was watching a video. and it Because the, the ad actually made me like, what is that game? And it is Marvel... Uh, remember when I was talking about Future Fight a long time ago that kept me for so yeah, long? Yeah, yeah, It is exactly that kind of game. It has the upgrades and the the equipment and the training and make, giving new stars, uh, upgrading the different kind of gotcha uh, hero collection thing that most of these games have and with energy and all of that, except instead of being a brawler, it has turn-based... Uh, like honestly, like JRPG strategy type battles where you have abilities for each of your characters on a team and you're going back and forth doing these turn-based battles. Uh, The animation is is pretty and I'm not going to play it anywhere near as long as I played the other one. But it's interesting that if anybody out there really liked it, that the the kind of mechanics that it had that this one is a much very similar but also a different kind of combat kind of gotcha game so it's cool and pretty and spider-man makes some does some cool moves so <laughs> I, I probably i haven't spent any money on it but whenever i get a notification that there's a new orb waiting for me to open sometimes i go do it so it was okay. it's something that rob ought to try so yeah. when he's listening to this rob go download marvel strike force and try it <laughs> Nice. Um, I guess the only other game
0: that I really want to talk about was uh, I tried the Detroit Become Human demo. Which do you know about yeah. that game at
1: all? I, I've seen it. I know nothing about it. it. It, I, I haven't even paid attention to it. Like okay. I didn't. It's it's from one of the developer. Like the
0: I don't want to cast a wide net, but like the guy who's associated with it that I always forget his name. Um, he's like from Quantic Dream. Um, but he's kind of a controversial figure with how he approaches stuff. There's not great things about him, but he also sometimes makes very interesting games. So I was kind of hesitant to go into it. The The setting is like the future. So I think it's like 50 years in the future, maybe not even that far away. And there are androids and they exist. So a lot of it okay. is like about androids and how they're not human, but should they be treated as human? And it's it's about how like the androids are oppressed in the future and all of the implications that go with that. So, you play as three different androids over the course of the game and I think okay. their stories all interweave. Um the demo was basically one android that's a hostage negotiator and you get to walk through one scenario. So, it's at its core it's like a choose your own adventure game and you know how that appeals to me, right? Yes. Yeah. So, that's why I was trying it out. I was like, I- is there really a lot of choice here or does it just feel like it? Because there are both. I'm looking at you, Telltale. <laughs> and <laughs> So this game actually has a ton of choice. What happened was I played through the demo and I went, yeah, I feel like, you know, I'll, I'll check that out when it's cheap or when I can rent it on Gamefly mm. or like I was like, "And eh, that's like a $30 game. And I put it away for the night. And then I came back the next day and I was like, well, let's see a different way this could have played out. And I played through it again. And when I played through it a second time, I did a couple different choices and I got a very different ending. And then Hmm. something I didn't notice after the first playthrough, which was there, I just wasn't paying attention. You can go back and look at your decision tree. And I was like, "Oh, oh, look at all of the empty places. Look at all these things that I missed or chose something different. So I played through it a third time and I did radically different decisions and I got a very different outcome. And then I was like, okay, I might have to get this game right when it comes out.
1: Yeah, if you're going back and doing that through the demo, you would probably fall deep into the full game yeah so i had a whole kind of arc with this over the course of two nights to the point where i went from Meh, maybe to yeah i think i have to get this so that was kind of interesting to run into and you know you saying that i was actually reading going back to the stuff that i've been reading about with the jrpgs have you ever tried radiant historia Yes, i haven't tried it yet but it's i've seen it described as a choose your own adventure rpg so i was wondering if that was something that you had looked into because it might be something you like it's not choose your
0: own adventure it is two competing timelines that you can jump back and forth between and okay you can take things from one into the other to influence it to unlock more of the like decision paths in it um okay it's interesting though it's definitely an interesting game if you pick it up we need to talk about it because but I'm going to wait. I, I want you to experience right. it before I talk too much more. I've got the demo
1: on my 2DS right now. And when I get the 3DS, I'll probably play through the demo of it at least. Because I've got it sh- should be coming in tomorrow. Cool. That I like Xenoblade 1 enough that I bought a 2DS to play it on. And then I realized for the same price, I could get a 3DS from GameStop with two games. And so I'm getting that in tomorrow and then taking back the 2DS. Okay. <laughs> so I can have Xenoblade in 3D. <laughs> that works. Cool. Cool. Um, I guess but the yeah, last I'm gonna thing play for it. me from this week, uh, I watched
0: all of the last Jedi special features and yeah. they were really good. I mean, there's a, there's a making a scene thing that was cool. There was a bunch of deleted scenes that were interesting. Um, when I turned on the the director commentary, there was a documentary about the balance of the force and it talks explicitly about like gray Jedis, which you know how much that interests awesome. me. Yeah. But the one that was the coolest was called the director and the Jedi. And it's basically about Ryan Johnson and Mark Hamill and both of them approaching this movie. It's more on Ryan Johnson's side about like everything that goes into the production, which I just found, I don't know, like I was engrossed in that special feature for it was probably like an hour and a half. Like I didn't stop to do anything else. I just watched it all the way through cuz it was so good.
1: Well, yeah, I figured. I mean, that's the kind of thing you watch all the way through. Yeah. I think that's all I have for this week,
0: though. Did you have anything else? We can dive into your JRPGs next week. You have a lot. uh,
1: Yeah, I've got a lot of things to say. (laughs) I've played so many different things. Um, Really, the only other thing that I wanted to say was we've still been watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend that I mentioned before. Oh, yeah. And we've gotten into season three, which has finally, like, it's really dealing with true-to-life mental health issues with people with anxiety and personality disorders and how those affect your life and your friends friendships and your relationships and for being a comedy on the cw it handles these in an incredibly realistic way and shows the ramifications that in a very very realistic way that is calling back kinds of uh kinds of me and jennifer are both sitting there like yeah that kind of stuff that's how people reacted to us it's like whenever i was going through my worst part and she was too it's like yeah those are that's Wonderful that they're presenting this in such a that kind of issue in such a rational way as opposed to making putting it a stigma on it. But it's it's really good, it's really well handled. So, if that's something that anybody out there cares about, that uh, getting mental health destigmatized, crazy ex girlfriend. Uh, works up to it really, really, really well. I cannot wait to finish this show and then see the next season when it comes out next fall, I think, maybe? Maybe next spring. Cool. Good. I'm glad you're still liking it. Good stuff.
0: Okay, well, I think we both have some things but we'll hold on to them for next week maybe we'll do a little bit more catch up next week or just dive into jrpgs again because that the, list i want to know all your thoughts about that list
1: and it looks like you have a well, bunch I haven't played all of them okay that, that i have a huge list here and not all of them are finished by any means but i have thoughts about them okay
0: good yes that's that's what we're going to do next week we've just decided um that's it for this <laughs> week though you can write to us with comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek2geekcast we also also have longer discussion threads on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek to geek cast
1: and we're on slack too so if you are for work or just want to talk to us go to slack geek to for an invite and remember like we said earlier we're part of a podcast network so go to geek to geek to see all of our
0: shows i blog at a green mushroom and you can find me at grn mushroom that's green
1: mushroom without the e's on twitter and i'm on twitter as at professor beech. that's beege with two e's and i'm online at Runningshoes.tv. We've been void and beige with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geeks. I'll be back.
0: And remember, this week, keep it geek.